Was there like a 90s screenwriting rule that if I'm going to have a character who's going to be like scary and sinister, that they have to be able to quote long passages of prose or poetry from memory? Is, is, is that the new rule in the 90s? Does it happen more than once? I think so. I mean, I mean I'm thinking about um, uh, Sam Jackson in Pulp Fiction. Sure. And okay. uh, I'm... Seems like I heard this, the Ozymandias this, thing and something. This is like a tangentially related, but um, in the professional, you've got Gary Oldman listening to classical music. It's not like the same thing, right? But it's like the same kind of thing. Yeah, right? it's like so this, associating yeah. literature with evil, literature or, or villainy, or classical education with yeah, yeah. intelligence. It, well, yeah, intelli- well readness. And I guess it's like a. I don't know, a shorthand, but like, this guy's bad, but he should know better. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But is he bad? Uh, well, that is a great question. Uh, we will... <laughs> is we, the other question this one we will, we, will, we will discuss uh, <laughs> the, 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 the troubles of Master Chief Urgyle when we get there, but... All I can think of was Halo. Yeah, <laughs> Master Chief. Yeah. I, I was having a good little bit of laughter or something about <laughs> I it. I guess there's some fun uh, fan fiction for you. Yeah. This is a prequel to Halo. It's very funny to just, like, make a character their rank... To just make that be their name, wild. Yeah. I, you know, I guess Sarge. Sarge. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, I just you know, they're not normally as dominant a, a multi-billion-dollar franchises as Halo. Very weird. <laughs> well, know. hello everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Genrecast, a podcast in which we discuss films you would not discuss if you were taking a film studies course. That is the case this week. As we look at uh, one of the more forgotten Ridley Scott films, uh, as we look at G.I. Jane, starring one great Demi Moore, one great Viggo Morganson, and others that are fine as well. Um, Anne Bancroft. It's fun seeing her. Jim Caviezel. More Jim- Chestnut. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. good times. Yeah, Jesus before he was Jesus. It's funny when you throw a bunch of white guys in a room and shave their heads, it's really hard to tell them apart. They yeah. all look the same, don't they? That's mm-hmm. kind of one of the key problems with like boot camp and, and like military movies, truly, is just giving everybody the same haircut really you, hurts. you can't tell who's who. Yeah. Personalities yeah. are not strong enough. No. Right. It's hard. Yeah. I think Caviezel's one trait is he is horny. I don't even know which one he is. I, I, uh, I think he's the one that's the most horny. He yeah. wants okay. he wants like one hour yeah. is what okay. he wants. Yeah, yeah, more than anything. And he wasn't is, the one on a cross. Chestnut's one is very afraid of tampons. No, more Chestnut's the one that's like kind of understanding. But, oh, and okay. that's his kind he, of is his character trait. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the other one. Is, I understand gender dynamics because race sucks. Yeah, and that's 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 sort oh, of what his okay. deal is. You're, the one who's called McCool. Oh, was that his name? His oh. name is Mick Cool, the one black guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Is that more Chestnut's character name? <laughs> Damn. Mick Cool. That's a missed opportunity. Oh, my word. Uh, but yeah, no, there's there's a tampons <laughs> guy. <laughs> the, the guy that's freaked out about the tampack is very funny. Because <laughs> he can't have him the same. Silly. Anyway, dear listener, if you're tuning into the show for the very first time, as we are going to do something with a movie that you wouldn't do in a film studies course, it means that we are going to have to spoil the film in order to do analysis. Because, friends, this is an analysis show, not a review show. And that, therefore, means there will be spoilers now this is how it's going to look though if you're tuning in for the very first time and you failed to catch this gem from 1997 uh many 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 moons ago uh we are not going don't worry nobody else watched it either <laughs> it made a lot of money it was number no, one the first not. two weeks it, it was, was a box office flop it, it did it opened oh, it opened okay. good that's well yeah, yeah. but it, the, the total yeah yeah but, it kind of sucked Demi Moore's career. Yeah. Yeah, because we'll know. Well, she's, well, okay, we'll talk about that. Uh, <laughs> yes, there are reasons. 
Uh, not good. None of them are good reasons. Uh, but we're going to do this to avoid spoilers. We're going to have a synopsis, which will be, of course, like you'll read on an IMDb. It'll be spoiler free. It'll just let you know what the movie's about. How come G.I. Joes now have a new character? Uh, you might be wondering that. And so that'll explain Real to you what American you're... American hero. <laughs> what you're actually getting with this film. Then we're going to get to our thumbs up, thumbs and reviews of just whether or not the movie hits for us, which will maybe involve light discussions of what the plot is, but without the big movements. Then we move on to a little exercise called Expanding the Syllabus, which is probably more likely to spoil films orbiting this film than itself, but sometimes there can be some spoilage there. And then we've got music to let you know that all spoiler bets are off, and we've gotten down to business. And uh, you'll know that because the music will have announced our downness to business. So, uh, thus and therefore... I don't understand why we have to be so rude and spoil the movie to analyze it, Dustin. You don't understand? No. Well, don't... We've been doing this for 10 years, and I still don't get it. You don't get it? No. <laughs> well, <laughs> why is that? Well, because you have to talk about what happens and why it happens mm. to come to an understanding of how it might hook an eye into other analytical, theoretical constructs. And you know what? Asked and answered. I'm just keeping <laughs> you on your toes. So, uh, oh, well, by the way, I am still Dustin. I'm still Arthur. I am still Dalton. Well, now you know the voice is Arthur. Tell us, do you like this movie or not? When Duke, Snake Eyes, and Scarlet get captured by Death... Nope. Wrong one. <laughs> Thank Hang you for on. doing a synopsis first. And Hang on. Even though I was doing the thumbs up, thumbs down anyway. Uh, Duke, Snake Eyes, and Scarlet. Oh, sorry. You got, you got the right synopsis pulled up this I time? I think I got it. I do think it's cool we got to G.I.J. and before we got to any of the G.I. Joe movies. That's I Respectable. Yeah. Respect. I think that says a lot about us. I, I like that. Back when we made <laughs> pictures. Yeah. <laughs> we had a nation. Yeah. We believe in a better time. <laughs> When the Navy is questioned regarding the inclusion of women serving actively on the ground or in the water, a senator leverages their power to have Jordan O'Neill. <laughs> I mean, look, I'd roast you about making yourself laugh, but it's really funny. Spit take happened right there up my nose, and I put it back in, and it was very unpleasant. Yeah, you too. You too. Just drink a a little bit of coffee right there. (laughs) Oh yeah, Arthur has uh, cashing out all of his comedy points. He's been saving them up for a rainy day. (laughs) Are we gonna try to get that clean, or we're just gonna keep rolling? I'll just go with it. I love it. (sighs) Wowzers! A senator leverages her power to have Jordan O'Neill enlisted. O'Neill has a chip on her shoulder and wants to be pushed just as hard as the male recruits. But some communities don't like to have their traditions and customs challenged by outsiders. Is this the trouble that O'Neill has with the other Ninja Turtles? Is this the problem that's going on here? You're really just trying to mix it all in the bucket today. Okay. We're having a day. This is uh, is O'Neill with two L's. That's O'Neill with one L. Oh, you know, you're right. And an A, I believe. So, um, plays basketball for the Orlando Magic during this time. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Terrible free throws. Very bad at free throws. Does not run very fast. <laughs> that's true. It's hard when you're eight foot ten. <laughs> All right, so that's the movie. I'm going to go to Dalton first for a thumbs up, thumbs oh, down okay. review, just for the sake of... I have the most. <laughs> I have the most composure at the moment because Arthur needs to go breathe in a paper sack for a little while. Right, yeah. So um, I'm going to oxygen to take ready. Dalton. All right. What did I think about this movie? You know, I, I had seen bits and pieces of this back in the '90s, um, just because it was around it did okay on vhs it was you know i it was floating around at the houses that i was at 
So I remember seeing part of it and being like, well, this is clearly not a movie for me. I'm a child. Uh, <laughs> and I wasn't very interested in it. Uh, that's sort of my cultural recollection of it. You know, and uh, obviously it, it has this weird spot in Ridley Scott's career as sort of a forgotten one and this weird spot in Demi Moore's career is like the the end of a really big run for her. Um, so it, it was interesting to visit this and I was, I was kind of curious what we were going to get and I anticipated that it would be a very 90s look at gender and boy was it. Uh, it's not necessarily a bad thing, it just, you know, it is what it is. It is a very uh, sort of outdated look at uh, legitimate concerns of the time but definitely calls to mind like the Shannon Faulkner at the Citadel stuff. I don't know if you you, you remember, know, that, you remember yeah. that. I figured you would have some cultural memory of that. It just yeah, it's it's very much of a time and place. And again, it's not that the military isn't uh, still having issues with the, with things that needs to get figured out as as pertains to uh, taking care of its service members and uh, not caring who serves. But uh, it's it's just, you know, it very much feels like a film from 1997 in, in that way. And it never quite gets past having enough to say to really justify it. That said, it is a, you know, a pretty compelling boot camp drama for most of the movie. Uh, and Arthur, we talked about this a little bit off air, but you and I are both kind of suckers for this subgenre. Um, I, I am compelled by the sort of insular world, the rituals, the... I mean, it's look, it's it's all meant to brainwash you and don't ever forget it. Uh, and, you know, people who have uh, gone through this experience know this. I'm, I'm not telling them anything they don't know. But it's it's just so fascinating to get a, a look into. Now, this movie definitely uh, strains credibility as pertains to the behavior of military personnel. Sometimes uh, I'm sure Dustin will be able to give us an earful about all the things that don't make any sense. Well, yeah, you just don't shoot at your trainees. Yeah. I mean, even close to them. Yeah, ballistics are dangerous. Yeah, you don't know what the bullet's going to do ever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just kind of an interesting movie. It, Ridley doing Tony a little bit, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. It definitely reminds me more of a Tony Scott movie. Yeah. Um, there's sort of a pivot to being an action movie in the final third that really doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. There's also, from a scripting standpoint, you know, the the movie wants to get Jordan away from the boot camp for a little bit. So we can save Sputnik from the Libyans. (laughs) Well, it just, well, even before that, even before we have to save Sputnik from the Libyans, which, oh boy, we have to, like, give her some shore leave so we can resolve some, like, emotional through lines, and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense and again it's it's like a, a detour so the movie can talk about well, don't it, ask it, don't tell yeah, another yeah completely sort of separate but you know in some sense it's a related issue intersectionally yeah. but yeah exactly it's it's interesting that you know a movie at the time is like well hey this is an issue too and as you say intersectionally it's like related but it just it's like is this the right movie for this maybe maybe not i don't know uh it, it definitely like wants to play with these ideas of like what do we expect out of people as pertains to their gender and what is an institution that is so built around sort of uh, traditional idealized conceptions of one gender uh what does that look like when it's trying to be a more egalitarian and more equitable place do those uh tensions rise to the surface and of course they do and i, I think gi jane at its best moments, explores those tensions really well. It really kind of gets into, like, 
the central problem is that this this institution does not want Jordan O'Neill there. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's at its best, it's, you know, exploring that narrative. And, and what what does it say about Jordan that she is persevering in spite of this? What does it say about this institution that this is even an issue? What does it say about us that we're having to ask have this conversation? You know, it's it's in this, you know, in moments, a really compelling movie. And then other times it's doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Like, wait a second. They talk about how everybody at this boot camp is already a tier one operator. They literally say there's already SEALs there. This is like the Top Gun program. Exactly. It's like Top Gun for Spec Ops, and and they managed to convince them to let in a military intelligence analyst. Okay. All right. Sure. So when the movie's not like making you scratch your head about the rules of its fictional military, uh, which I, I'm not normally hung up on this kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know the rules of the real military enough to be hung up on it, but when it's, you know, I know enough to get confused when right. the rules are being bent or broken. Well, that's the thing. You expect movies to lie to you about all that stuff, right? Yeah. Make it all up, make it movie, right? Sure. But you don't expect to see the, I don't know, the stitching where you go, wait a minute. That's a good yeah. way to put it, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, other than these issues that don't really work for me, and, as well as some visual flourishes that I'm not crazy about, some sort of proto-shaky cam zoom-ins that happen yeah. during these actions. Yeah, yeah. that like pulsing zoom. Yes, yeah. you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or high contrast light push-up scenes mm-hmm. with lots of baby oil. Well, I mean, that was just alien. I wasn't talking about those scenes yet. We were going to get to those. Okay. I was talking about the bad action scenes, which are kind of an interesting flourish, but don't quite work. Mm. Yeah, no, the very... Lots high, of... <laughs> the the mon- the workout montages leave a lot to be desired and really just kind of makes Ridley look like a creep. I would suggest IMO. that yeah. a person who's going through a rigorous physical training program would mm-hmm. not take spare time to do extra push-ups. To do more push-ups. I'm just yeah. going to suggest that. Well, it, it definitely unlikely. seems geared towards telling us that, you know, she's getting we got to take Jordan seriously because she's yeah. taking this seriously. But I agree. It does sort of seem like everybody's getting all the working out they need done. In the the time when they're not sleeping, working out all the time, right? Yeah. So, an interesting movie. Too maligned, you know. Got a Razzie nomination. That's not fair. That's just mean. She won, I think. I thought. Did she? I think so. Good performance. That's just wrong. Yeah. Yeah, It's just. It's you know. She's good. And I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out part of the waterboarding club with Denzel. Ah, yeah. Getting oh, waterboarded yeah. for the movie. We love it. I I wouldn't do it, but nope. here's here's to uh Demi and Denzel, the uh the absolute devoted thespians. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see we absolutely love to see it on this show. Uh yeah, I'm I'm mixed, but like I think that there's a, a great movie in here as stands. It's it's a pretty good movie that got really shit on and you know, kind of tanked careers because of sexism yeah. and that's unfortunate. But I'm, I'm I'm interested by this. Had you seen this before, Arthur? I had not. No, first time for you as well. Yeah, I uh, will say that uh, I I didn't really get caught up in the uh, logic of it as much as you two uh, seemingly did, uh, and so for that I I'm probably a little warmer on than Dalton is yeah. just based on Letterbox reviews. Um, I don't obviously think it's Ridley's. It's not even in his second tier, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely probably lower Ridley. It does feel like a more straightforward genre action thing kind of like Tony would do mm-hmm. like you said and so uh I had a good time with it I mean the boot camp stuff really works like I, I don't know it's part of it is just fascination with this culture yeah. part of it is just it's like watching a train wreck what are these people willing to put themselves through 
and it's disconcerting usually. It's just a psychological catastrophe to watch. You know, yeah. it just makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's also endlessly fascinating because why? I don't know. I could never. I could never. Um, so I think, uh, you know, all of that being said, I like it. I, 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 I think it's solid is a good space for it. It's a solid action drama. And like you said, the first two thirds work very well. It is weird structurally because, I mean, the natural kind of narrative climax of this is that Sarah training stuff that takes place. Right. right. Yeah. And the stakes beyond that are, are never higher than in that moment. So it's hard to be like. I can kind of get the political intrigue thing, like, oh, you sold me out, whatever. Like, well, that makes sense, but maybe it's just structured kind of weird. Yeah. Maybe she goes home and then comes back to do the Sarah training, and that's the big ending. Because you're right, the the actual, you know, mission that they have to go on just kind of feels so tacked on. Well, it's very, as you you, you reference Top Gun. It, it is straight yeah. out of that, that scripting playbook of, like, oh, now we have to have the trainees go on a real mission. Yeah. It's just like, well, what? I mean, it worked the, for Top Gun, I yeah, guess. But the, but yeah, as, as you guess. said, the emotional, like... I would say no. The yeah. dramatic <laughs> climax has happened at the Seer training, yeah. right? Like, you're so right that that is, like, the emotional... She's won question. everybody over. Yep. She's won Vigo over. Yep. I mean... Well, her and Vigo's relationship has kind of come to a culmination. Yeah. Like, they finally... He has let, put all of his cards on the table, and so has she. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's weird to come back from that to try and do another 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. And really that mission seems there to pull the trigger on the Chekhov's gun that's set up about pulling a man out of the field. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, right. And that's right. really why that's there and really kind of undercuts her in that moment, I think. Which I think is what a lot of the physical training is about too, right? It's building up that she is would be strong enough to, you know, whatever. So those things don't bother me. The the inaccuracies, I don't you know, I don't know. Uh, don't really bother me. Um, you know, this is I think one of the military movies in the nineties not co financed, co you know, no over, DOD oversight by the DOD. on this one. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean I, you know it's criticizing policies yeah, why, yeah. And so a lot of that's there too, I think, you know. Yeah, obviously somebody's never gonna shoot at their trainees. Yeah. Hopefully. But also maybe boot camp's not great. I don't know, right? We, you know, this is just one of a series of questionable tactics they're using uh, mm-hmm. in their training. And so, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, suspension of disbelief or not, I, I think it is maybe questioning some of those tactics anyway. Um, Demi is good. I, I, Demi's an interesting person because I was thinking about her is she's good, but as an actress, maybe kind of forgettable. Like, I just never think of Demi and I don't know mm. what that is. Like, I think she's good here, but I just... I don't know. She doesn't have like a, also, a charisma X factor. I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. She's restrained in a way that I really appreciate, but I get what you're saying yeah. that there's no like. I always forget she's in movies. Yeah. I think. I get what you're saying. She's so, reliable and sturdy. But. She doesn't have that like, uh, yeah, like the charisma factor, that sort of plucky little bit of actorly thing that stars do to get noticed. It, she cries all the time during Ghost very well. She uh, she looks kind of shocked and appalled all the time during A Few Good Men very well. But yeah, yeah. I, I, I think all saying. of these performances, th- those are the other two that I was thinking of was A Few Good Men and Ghost. Yeah. And, and with this, I think all three, like, there's a level of interiority going on that I think is really interesting mm-hmm. with the performances, mm-hmm. but I agree that there's not like, I, yeah, I get what you guys are saying. I, I, I think I'm more on team Demi, but I get that. I think she's great. But yeah. yeah. She's just not doing the I thing. I think it's what you said. Isn't that, I mean, she's not Julia Roberts. She's not Jennifer Lopez. Yeah, well, you know, there's she's that, doing that something different. Julia yeah. Roberts who turns on that smile, and then you cannot forget her. Yeah. It is what yeah. I mean. It is the way in which, uh, Demi's not like Sandra Bullock will kind of like, 
you know, shrug her shoulders and kind of mm-hmm. do like a thing. Like I, I don't really know. And and it's this adorable thing that she does. Mm-hmm. Like Demi doesn't have that extra just. The quirk it's or not, the trait it's, it's, or the It's not part of the movie at all. It's just the notice me thing. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do the notice me thing. Does it yeah. make sense? Yeah, she's 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 being more in the movie. I get yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah she it, really is. I mean, she's in some sense, is more of an actress. Than, that was exactly yeah, what I was about to I say. Think, it's yeah, more yeah. actorly, less movie starry. So yeah, and I think you know, so, but I think she's good here. I you know, yeah. seeing that she got a Razzie Award is very bizarre because I thought she did great. They're always wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're that's yeah. a whole thing in itself. Uh, Vigo's a lot of fun. Uh, all the character actors you've seen in the other movies are fun. Um, again, it's hard to tell some of the troop apart because they all have the same character, um, except for Morse Chestnut, who is trying to, you know, be the uh, understanding one in the group. Yeah. And so uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I didn't know what to expect. I was kind of, you know, reading about it, not realizing that it was kind of pan flopped. Because I remember being everywhere. Like I remember this being a thing and coming out and kind of being in popular culture and Ching. things riffing on it and you know. for a long time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was yeah one of those t- touchdowns. Uh, well, away. the marketing campaign is, is is part of it. I mean, as you know, you, I mean, you got we were all alive. You were working at a theater when this came out. I was. I, f- I figured, and and so it was a big deal. Demi Moore shaves her head, you know, yeah. and, and, and like that yeah. was. We were just you know flooded with these images and first images of the shaven headed Demi Moore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I, so I remember it kind was... of being everywhere. I mean, like you said, like seeing it at people's houses or on yeah. TV, you know, so I think this is a solid Sunday afternoon movie though. Yeah. And that's yeah. where I would stand with it. I enjoy it. I'd watch it again. Um, but it does have some flaws and just doesn't rise uh, past that kind of high gear it needs to get into. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I, you know, I, I ended up giving it two and a half stars on my letterboxed, and for my two and a half star, that's mediocre. It's not quite good, but yeah. it's not quite bad. Yeah. And and that, that's that's how I feel. I mean, it's in some sense, it's fine. Is, is what I'm trying to say. Mediocre is that it's just there's not. It doesn't quite rise the level of well, a Sunday afternoon movie. I think it's like it's it's. I wouldn't turn it off, but if I had been flipped, there was and there was another option, and you would keep going. Pretty much anything, I would I would definitely yeah. keep going. If like if I can't find anything better, I'll go back to this. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I think Arthur, I'm 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 more aligned with Arthur. I'm it's Gentleman Six. It gets across the plate for me. Yeah. I think it like it, it lands the plane. Uh, but I get there's a lot that doesn't work, so I get why you're kind of a little more cool on it because it is just kind of a mess and and, yeah. and i think the the thing that i really think is a mess is something that arthur was touching on is it just structurally it doesn't really uh carry the heft the way it's supposed to do that is we well we first of all we need less push-up scenes but that's just nonsense to me that's just it, it, is, it, it seems to be gratuitous it's fetishizing her athleticism yeah. in a way that's like really Weird. troubling and i don't like it yeah you know there's that and on and then just this sort of rationale of there's no way you want to do extra push-ups ever yeah. just no uh nonsense but on top of that as you were saying there does need vigo winning vigo over is the point that is the big arc of the of the event and i think you do it i think you do it at seer i i think all you have to do is blow up the hut I mean, it's really all you got to do, and have her drag him out or something. I mean, you know, there's a there's a there's a half a dozen ways you could pull it off. You know, that would yeah. be um, emotionally satisfying and would. 
be about half an hour shorter, which is also the thing this movie needs. It's just it's just too too stinking long. Um, performances are great though. I think Vigo really does steal the show. I mean, we haven't talked enough about his performance, but I <laughs> I really like the just, accent for you. It's it's the it's the walking impression that he drops. Yeah, the beginning. it's yeah. it's very. He is making some big choices. And I do like it. <laughs> It's just interesting to me that he kind of like he just it, seems like a guy from Jersey to me. But he yeah. looks great here. He look the mustache is the working. Point? Yeah, yeah, he looks like a Navy man for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. fucking Oakleys and the hat. Yeah, he's crushing it. I do like him. It was just like a very. It, it's a choice that really caught me off guard it's, when he started. Because oh, you, uh, if you're familiar with him from anything else, yeah, it makes yeah, sense. Like, I mean, this is the first time I'd ever seen Vigo when I oh, saw. Oh yeah, this because this is an early performance. This is, yeah, this is '97. This is before. I mean, he done like Mis- mysterious skin or whatever that's I called. Which I hadn't seen. That's early '90s though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't seen him in eight. This indie. is the first time I'd ever seen him, so I'm yeah. just like, well, that's how this cat talks. Gotcha. You know, yeah. and so, and I was familiar with that. And so this D.H. Lawrence, you know, Jersey boy, uh, doing this thing is, man, it was there for me, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it really does, uh, it does really solidify a lot of this. And as you mentioned earlier, the cast of various other bald-headed uh, recruits, it's fine, you know, but they, they all meld and mush together. Uh, and then... All the rest of it is just, it's just, it's just fine. Um, I think the political intrigue of it all is interesting, but I think it ends up becoming politically confused. I think it fails to make a point uh, yeah. because there is a point about equality in terms of access in the armed services, which is what the film is about. And then it becomes about the ways in which various politicians might use particular kinds of issues as political Mm -hmm. footballs, which is a completely different kind of issue, not to mention the secondary intersectional issue of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. And uh, when you throw that all together in a blender, well, you make a mess. You don't make anything, you make a mess. And the movie ends up becoming a little bit of a mess. It's It's almost a good movie. Is really what I'll say. It's just almost, but not quite. Um, it's my final review there. So there you go, dear listener. Um, I'm the coolest, I believe, uh, in approach to the film, and uh, my co-hosts are um, equally lukewarm, uh, but warmer of a lukewarm. Uh, I'm, I'm a Luke cool, and they're a lukewarm. I'm a Luke McCool. Luke McCool. Hey, it's time to move on to the next part of our show where we do a thing called expanding the syllabus. Arthur, can you explain that to the dear listener? Uh, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. Expanding the syllabus is a thought experiment wherein we, the hosts, assemble an academic course or module within a course uh, based around the assigned viewing for the week and adjacent texts uh, from books and articles to tangentially related films and stories. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, there are things that are all kinds of orbiting around this. I didn't tell you guys. I watched about three fourths of Black Hawk Down after I watched this. Why? I, well, that's what I asked myself. That's why it only ended up being three quarters. That's fair. Uh, but Ridley directed it. Was but, the Black Hawk down yet? Uh, the Black Hawk goes down pretty quick, actually. I was saying, I remember that being pretty early I mean, that's on. the whole setup of the movie. Sort of the inciting incident. <laughs> well, I mean, no, the, 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 kid, we, the poor kid falling out of the Black Hawk. That's sort of like with the things fall apart moment of it. But um, Wait, Didn't we do that? Oh, yeah. I thought so. A long time ago. Yeah, it was million, an early one. A million, billion years ago. How's it hold up? Uh, you know, uh, you didn't finish it, so it, it was late as well. It's a usable, interesting action movie, but it's got the same problem. GI Jane, Eagles who are less than GI Jane, everybody becomes the same people. Yeah, you know, better than GI Jane. Okay, not a lot, 
but better. An insane cast, truly. Yeah, really mm. stacked. A lot of just wait for a few years kind of uh, careers. Faces and, yeah, 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 yeah. So and that was a, a syllabus I had sort of kicking around the back of my head that I ended up abandoning. But my point is, dear listener, there are lots and lots of things that could be swirling around in the orbit of this film <clears throat> that you might put together for a class, as Arthur has said. And Arthur, do you come with a syllabus prepared for us today? Uh, yeah, it's a small little little bit. And it would probably be... I don't know. You could do it in a couple of places. You could probably do it in a, like a feminist films course, or you could do it in a um, director's course. Uh, because we'd look at Ridley's feminist trio, I, I think is where we would go here. I like this. And we'd start with uh, Alien. Uh, we'd talk about Alan Ripley, um, obviously. And the way a lot of these, especially those workout scenes, like the the, the dark and the shadow evoke images mm-hmm. of Alien, I think, and that the mood there. And so I, I thought a lot about, obviously, the better movie um, in that. But Ellen Ripley as, I mean, I, I think when people make, or at least for a long time, when they would make their, you know, strong female protag lists, Ellen Ripley is at the or close to the top of that list. Absolutely. And so we've got to talk, I think, Ellen Ripley. Uh, I think from a conflict standpoint, all three of these work the same way as, you know, we're talking about... Uh, Woman versus institution. Uh, mm-hmm. All three of these, the Ellen Ripley versus the the corporation who doesn't care about their employees but just wants the package delivered. Um, and the way that all kind of plays out, I think it becomes a recurring theme here as well, uh, that women are within these institutions, organizations, societies, uh, where everything's working against them, you know, even if they are smarter, better, stronger, faster, or whatever. Um, and the fact that Ellen Ripley, I think, gets full autonomy to two get away and save the day or, you know, whatever, if we, however we look at the end of that film and to be able to survive against the, the xenomorph. Uh, from there, I think we take a look at Thelma and Louise yeah. mm-hmm. and, and go there uh, and hear, you know, the, the institution being uh, marriage, just... Uh, on the legal system, yeah, too. Yeah, the legal system, yeah. Because the they end up on the run. Because, criminals are treated and women yeah. are treated as criminals and all that. And, of course, uh, Sarandon and Gina just killing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely <laughs> killing it. Uh, you know, one that is kind of like the uh, the the Trojan uh, Ridley Scott great film, right? Like mm. most people go to Alien Gladiator. I mean, Thelma Louise is just a Man, so is just good. a knockout of the park oh, uh, yeah. in a lot of Fabulous ways. Fabulous film. Uh, and the way again, they get the autonomy to make the decision. That, you know, we could you know have the ending where they probably get arrested, go to prison, or they're gonna make the decision they want to make and go their own way. And I think that's cool. Uh, and, and that movie is just just fun uh, as well, and the the chemistry there between uh, Sarandon and and uh, Davis is just really nice, and, and you know great to see them together. Uh, and then from there we'd go to GI Jane, and we'd kind of look at that, <clears throat> and look at the ways in which once again uh, this woman with the institution of obviously military here, government, um, social expectations again, right? But the way in which maybe some of that autonomy is taken away by the end of the film when I think in her one, you know, the, the moment that it keeps leading up to is, could you pull a man out of the field Mm. if he's injured because you're small, you know, whatever. And when that moment comes, she can't do it alone, right? Somebody has to come help her get, get him out of the the field. And Mm. I think that kind of undercuts. And again, probably just due to the messiness of this script, just maybe not fully understanding why that moment should work, when it should work, how it should work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it just kind of undercuts it and it's just leading to more of the messiness of the film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I look at these three movies. Um, 
I think it's an interesting trio of films. Uh, I think G.I. Jane's not the strongest of them, uh, but I think it's interesting to look at them in tandem. And so we talk about Ridley Scott. We talk about yeah. these ideas he's got, uh, the writers he's working with. I think it goes deeper because you could uh, go out to The Last Duel. Mm, yeah, I've yeah. seen that one yet. Uh, oh, oh, you yeah, have yeah. gotten to it? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think this fits in there really well. And again, talking sense. about the writers yeah. he's working with, Nicole Holofcener, or... Um, and, and, and those guys from Boston, you know, them Boston, <laughs> but it, I just, yeah, I was thinking about it the as Duncan bros, your cousin from Boston. <laughs> I was just thinking about it as an interesting companion. Cause I think it is getting like this woman against institution yeah. theme is like really yeah. strong. So yeah. yeah, his quartet then. Yeah. After, uh, 20 years or whatever. Not to, yeah, not to say like we're banging the drum for Ridley as great feminist filmmaker, no. but, but, like, but it is something he goes to. Over, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, I think a lot of people put. Alien and Ripley up there, right? Yeah, so rightfully so. Uh, yeah, so that's what we talk about and what we look at, and probably have a good time with it. Fun, fun. I like it very much. What are you going to do with it, Dalton? How are you going to teach this class? My class is, film? yeah, my class is also very gender forward. Um, I, I think this would be a module on boot camp movies and like a larger class that it would just be on sort of the intersection of gender and the American armed services, which, you know, I don't know, I, you know, you probably have a hard time getting this class off the ground in a lot of institutions. Because uh, you're yeah. gonna have to talk about uh, rape in the military a lot. Um, and I guess go ahead. We'll we'll talk what? about yeah. Uh, trigger warnings for the rest of the episode. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, because we'll have to talk about that seer training scene in this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll just have to talk about the reality of sexual assault in the military. Um, it's a big thing that happens. It happens to men and women alike. And it uh, as as you know. In most of society, it doesn't get handled very well. Uh, I, I watched a doc. Uh, I don't even think it was a proper uh, feature narrative doc. I think it was a, a you know a new segment produced as part of a you know a larger broadcast piece. But I, I watched something in undergrad that really uh, was an expose on sort of the whole thing. And I, I wish I had the the name ready for you because it was. Uh, you know, eye-opening. Um, but the hunting ground, I think, even though taking place on college campuses would be useful here. But the ones that I really want to look at uh, as far as, like, busting open the gender dynamic stuff and, and looking at boot camp specifically as a module in this class. Because you've got this film, you've got uh, The Inspection, which just came out a couple years ago, or a, a year ago. The Elgin yeah. Spratton film, which is about being a, a gay marine during the era of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, Sir, I don't know how not to piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> one of the greatest this, this Marine does not how not piss you off. Yeah, really good movie. I think it is. It's so, so good. Yeah, got some good jokes. Uh, and and ooh, boy, is it heavy. But I, I think yeah. much like G.I. Jane, like, is really interested in this question of what is this institution's values? And again, you know, Marine Corps versus the Navy, two different branches, but they're all under the same umbrella. Uh, and, you know, all have similar values. Uh, I'd also want to look at the 1980s film Biloxi Blues with Matthew Broderick and also uh, Christopher Walken actually being a drill instructor in this one. Huh? Uh, you, know, you don't know about this film? It's no. based on a play. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's about a World War II serviceman who's like, all right, I got I got drafted, so I've got to get laid and not die. <laughs> That's that's my my mission for this war. So I don't I think the war ends by, by the end of basic. Um, it's very much a story about like going to basic training and like being horrified by it. Mm. Uh, it's it's comedy though. Uh, it's definitely kind of a rom com <laughs> before uh, American Pie. Yeah, <clears throat> is that what it says? Oh no, I, uh, is that, I wondered if that was a, a re release poster or something. Yeah, it's an interesting movie. It's one that huh. was on uh, cable rotation a lot when I was a kid. Uh, that I remember watching parts of, and is is again very much Mike kind of Nichols. 
Oh, that's right. It's Mike Nichols. Thank you. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's an interesting film. And it is, again, sort of, you know, through it's an 80s movie about the 40s, which that sort of presents its own interesting issues there. Uh, and it is kind of a trying to get laid movies. I, that's, I, I see the American Pie connection now, obviously, Arthur. Yep. Um, but and it's, written by Neil Simon. Yeah, well, and that's it's based on his play. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> which, which is semi-autobiographical. <laughs> Yeah, I need to watch this movie. It's yeah, it's I'm pretty good. Like, I kind of want to see it. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, hey, well done. That's why I, I brought pull. it to the table next yeah. week. On the- <laughs> <laughs> we should do Biloxi Blues. I remember it being pretty good, and I think I, it it would be an interesting pairing with this movie because it is so much about basic and about sort of the tension between the the drill instructor and the trainee or the recruit, and and again like this this intertwining of death and sex that's going on. Uh, because of, you know, it's a young person being drafted into the damn world war. Of course, those are two things are being intertwined. Uh, this is not strictly speaking a basic movie, but, uh, Jarhead, I think is a really solid Mm. Marine Corps film. Uh, maybe one of the best desert storm movies. Um, I just, your Gulf war movies, just, uh, I don't know. An interesting film uh, is I think Sam Mendes, but, uh, a Jake Gyllenhaal performance that I really like. Uh, and again, I think the, the stuff in basic there is good. And definitely a film that is interested in sort of gender issues in the military. Uh, the biggie on the eye chart here is Full Metal Jacket, which, of course, we would be doing in this this uh, seminar or this module, rather. No major pain? You know, we want to talk about it because I think it's kind of interesting. Junior uh, ROTC? I don't know that one. I thought you were going to say Junior Kurt. ROTC. That's the program. Uh, oh, sorry. I misheard you. Okay. No, no. That's the program. In gotcha. Pain. Yeah. Junior ROTC is kind of interesting to look at, especially like as a pipeline to the, the officer corps for the, the military. And again, you know, fun performance. Uh, Wayne's is killing it in that movie. Uh, very good stuff. I thought you were going to say courage under fire for your list. Since, oh yeah. You know, I haven't the, seen it, but I, yeah, I'm yeah, familiar that, that, with that it. whole Meg Ryan wins yeah. the medal of honor thing. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, yeah. And this investigation and Lou Diamond Phillips has got, it's got a Rashomon kind of thing going on with it anyway. And it's, mm. it's, it's not great, but it's, I mean, it's gender's mm. for, first and foremost. Well, and I, th- I, I think even in films like Jarhead or Full Metal Jacket, where it's not f- front and foremost, it is because of how gendered the insults from the basic instructors Correct. are, right? Like, yeah. it all, like, is Come just... Come on, ladies! Yeah. Well, and, yeah, that's, like, the, I, the absolute nicest. Nice, yeah, right? you yeah. are being very polite. Uh, and, you know, homophobic as well. Like, all kinds of, like, really... Uh, you know, stuff that makes your, your skin crawl, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, and is very normalized in that institution. So it's, you know, it's interesting. And I, I think, uh, you know, you you might not need to show all of these movies because you're going to get a lot of overlap. But again, I think the the genre of boot camp drama is is a good one. But again, there's variants, as, as we said, with Biloxi Blues or Major Pain. Like, there are comedies in this genre um, but th- that are all definitely preoccupied with turning boys into men. And uh, I think that bears some interrogation. Mm. Uh, Dustin, you you have a literary plan for this film, I right? I do indeed. Um, my plan is to think about how D.H. Lawrence is deployed in this sort of interesting uh, intertextual kind of way, because Lawrence is not who you might think of as uh, the rah-rah jingoist, and, uh, which I think is part of one of our clues as to the complications of Master Chief Urgyle. Um And so that's what we'll, we'll get there when we get to analysis. But um, I think I would do this uh, in a adaptation class. 
And uh, one of the sort of key texts there is Robert Stahl's Dialogics of Adaptation as uh, one of the uh, key essays that we would read. Uh, he's got a whole book on it, but this is a, there's a chapter within the book just sort of breaking down these various sort of dialogues that adaptation does. And thinking about intertextuality, especially before I move into sort of postmodernism and this idea of uh, a referentiality for the form of pastiche, because I think there are... Um, references that are going to give additional layers of meaning here. And again, I think Lawrence does that uh, a little bit for the film uh, in G.I. Jane's case. And so what are some other ways in which we see this? And I think one of the other huge examples, the obvious example from 1990, is Dead Poet Society mm. and the ghost of Walt Whitman that haunts that movie. And uh, thinking about, you know, uh, to an extent, the American Transcendentalists will be more of that later, but uh, and, and particularly the way in which Whitman approached life and... Uh, the way in which uh, life could be viewed uh, seems to really influence our, our Mr. Keating character played by Robin Williams in that particular film. There's also a little bit of dialogics with uh, Midsummer Night's Dream, but less so uh, in that case. Uh, I'd move on to Into the Wild uh, with Emil Hirsch and the, the writings of Thoreau. Mm -hmm. So we're going a little bit further back in time. Uh, Whitman is sort of second generation or uh, post-transcendentalist, and we've got a full-out transcendentalist uh, literary writer there. And thinking about the ways in which Emil Hirsch's character sort of applies some of those concepts uh, to a nonfiction story mm -hmm. uh, about um, uh, Peter McCandless and what happens. Chris. Chris. It's Chris. I only remember because I had to read the book. Okay. Yeah. I had to read the book. It was a side reading in high I don't school. I why Peter was in my head. Huh. I don't know why they made us read that. I don't know, know. An interesting... What uh, class was it? English. English. AP yeah. or... Uh, yeah, it was an AP. Oh. AP. Uh, the Mass of Men Lead Lines of Quiet Desperation. Um, <clears throat> maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe they were scared you were all going to run off. And... I mean, that's is that what it was? Did it just keep us from running off? Because uh, trust me, it made me not want to, I guess. Let, let you know that it truly is desperate, but you'll die if you don't play the game. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, there, there it is. There yeah, it is. Th I... Thank you for cracking the egg open for me. That's exactly <laughs> the answer that I was looking for. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, I, I think that's an interesting uh, set of uh, conversations. And then finally, uh, a kind of a weird but military-connected pick is the Danny DeVito film Renaissance Man, in which Hamlet is taught to a group of uh, about to flunk out of the army, a um, bunch of goofballs, including one Jada Pinkett Smith, uh, and uh, just talking about mm. Hamlet and in a classroom, and uh, by teaching him the love of the arts and creative skills, somehow or another they're able to be good soldier faces. I don't know. Um, that is a thing that happens there in that story. Hey, you know what? You can teach anybody anything with Hamlet, so I believe it. I mean, I guess. Hey, Penny Marshall. Oh, is oh, it? nice. I didn't realize that was the director. So Dustin and I both had good pulls from kind of noted filmmakers that we weren't even, <laughs> weren't even aware of no yeah. not even a little bit and peter weir i guess also for dead poets so sure yeah so um anyway there you go dear listener i think your syllabus just got much longer but i believe now is the time we get down to business I feel most pressed about unpacking Urgile, but I am willing and happy to talk about anything else first. Well, I think, you know... Everything else first, in fact. I, I, I get, or or not even talk about it at all if I, we don't want Argyle. to. Argyle. What? Just, you're saying Argyle? Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, There's a typo on some script somewhere. Yeah, it should have been Argyle. Yeah, Argyle. Uh, <laughs> uh, I get what you want to talk about him. He's, you know, sort of the, the stand-in for... 
sort of traditional gender values as they are in the military, but it turns out he has ulterior motives. Yeah. Yeah, he's interesting. I think we could get there, but I think maybe we should start with, like, you know, the the other end of the gender spectrum, because I, I, I meant to bring this up in my syllabus, but um, you're wrong about the, the podcast. It's like a history, you know, uh, informational podcast, uh, and they just cover stories that got a lot of press attention, but usually were handled poorly in the media and they uh, mentioned the shannon faulkner's case uh tried to get a student who tried to get into the the military academy the citadel and it didn't go great uh and the media was not on her side and that's sort of the thing that's interesting about this moment in the 90s is we're talking about women in the military more and more and it's making a lot of people really uncomfortable and it even is not until 2016 that women become eligible to enlist uh, for um, SEAL training, like specific combat. Uh, yeah, roles I was looking tra- this. I did some looking up on I this. Don't know, yeah, man, it was 2015, 2016. It was yeah, super recent. Pretty recently, yeah. And I still think that the the number it doesn't seem like it's something that people are like women are breaking down the door to get into or being given the access to get into mm-hmm. very easily. But you know, it's. It's interesting, and I think a great question for the movie to tag. I see why it became a, mo- a movie, right? Yeah. Like this is sort of like it's right there. A hot button nineties issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hot hot topic of conversation. And again, the Shannon Faulkner case is like gets a lot of media attention. And again, basically, she gets harassed and and you know sticks out for as long as she possibly can and ends up bailing out of the city. Yeah, because it was awful. Yeah, yeah, and they just turned it her into cannon a, fodder for talk radio. Yeah, big right. time. Yeah. And so it's interesting that Jordan O'Neill is this character that kind of is not a one to one there, obviously, but mirrors but that character, exactly. that person. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's interesting that her sort of more feminine, traditionally feminine traits, uh, when compared to the other candidates, is taken into effect. It, it definitely like. The Russian beet farmer jokes. Yeah, right. the sort of the jokes that are made at the expense of other women is, you know, shows you the the true allegiances of Anne Bancroft's uh, senator character, which is publicity. And, right. Yeah, she's not really into like this for any altruistic face of the women in the navy. Yeah, yeah exactly. they've got to sell this thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be Demi Moore. Yeah. So it's just a lot to unpack there as well. Yeah, I mean, again, this is a good first place to start because clearly Demi Moore is Demi Moore. So, you know. um, Yeah. You know, and uh, uh, she's a freaking movie star. So, I mean, you know, you've already got that working for you when you're casting this for a film. Well, what she has working against her, though, is this narrative of, oh, she got paid $12 million for striptease. And, you know, that... She becomes uh, Hollywood's highest paid actress. Which, that rubs people the wrong way yeah. for right. some reason. So the fact that she's getting anything resembling income parity to her husband, uh, you know, fame, then-husband, I should say, uh, John McClane. Bruce oh, Willis? Bruce Willis. She was married to Bruce Willis back then. I forgot about that. Yeah, they got three I, kids together. I forgot all about them being together ever. Yeah, I, the, yeah her right. and the kids have as been a big... As soon as you say, like, oh yeah, they were a thing. Yeah, her and the kids have been a big part of the, you know, that that's who's kind of like taking the reins on keeping the public up to date on what's going on with his health with, with and Bruce, stuff. Yeah. 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 But anyway, um, she starts getting her huge payday and like it rubs her by the wrong way and strip tease is a movie that doesn't go over super great and it kind of is a, a far into the box office. suffers the blow because of it. I yeah. think so. Because she dare, I mean, it, it becomes a movie about some form of parody, right? Yeah. I mean, that is the problem. 
and uh, they don't want her to be the face of that. I don't know. I, again, it was a, the '90s were so weird, you know, in in terms of the culture wars back then. And oh, there's such a precursor for what we're going through now, too. Yeah, absolutely. And and there really is this um, high anxiety that if you allow these things to change, like it'll just break everything down. Um, there, there's a moment in the West Wing, which is early aughts at this point, I think it's, I don't think it's late nineties when this episode takes place, but they have a gaze in the military conversation mm-hmm. at some point there. And they have, uh, the, uh, oh, Kunta Kinte's dad is the, uh, the Admiral, uh, joint, uh, chief of staff. I forget the uh, character's name in there. And he talked about how introducing African-Americans into the, uh, into the unit would disrupt the unit, would affect morale. And, uh, that was sort of the argument against you know bringing them in which is what some of the statements that McCool makes and he goes you know what it did disrupt the unit and it did decrease morale and the unit adapted and we're fine for it mm-hmm. we'll be again when you get serious about it let's talk about it yeah and then that's sort of you know uh, uh, again a few years after uh, G.I. Jane but it does seem to be that it's one of those moments this part of what is being suggested is that politicians are only doing this for the sake of flash and uh, that it actually is an okay idea. It seems the movie's on the side of Demi Moore, but we're not serious about it yet. And we need to sort of come to grips with that. Does that make sense? Like, it's got this weird place that it's trying to situate itself going, this would not be bad, and we're not ready, because we don't have the institutional support, because those who would institutionally support it, it's sort of a pox on all your houses. You either got, Mm -hmm. you know, knuckle-dragon dudes who, um, you know, I don't want no woman with her tampons showing up on my beaches and then you've got the other side of it with um people who from the left is like oh here's a way in which we do casting Mm -hmm. for how we go about does that make sense well yeah i I think i get what you're saying and it's it's interesting because as arthur mentioned that this did not go through the, the sort of traditional dod approval process which i didn't know but makes a lot of sense it totally does yeah yeah I'm glad you pulled that because I I was kind of curious because, yeah, I mean, it it is largely critical uh, of sort of this lack of gender parity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the military is not going to let the the questionable things fly that this movie posits. Yeah. Yeah. I think. And how easily one could make a charge of improper fraternization. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. use that to, you know, move somebody off. If you got an officer you got a problem with, yeah. But even publicly addressing don't ask, don't tell, like, was probably not high on their list of things to do in, uh, you know, circa the pre-9-11 era. Yeah. And that does actually go into effect until, like, what, 93, 94? It's fairly, yeah. It's yeah. probably recent at the yeah. time there that don't ask, don't tell becomes policy. Wow. Wow. I know, right? Progress is, you know, measured in inches. I swear. Sometimes, sometimes. It's uh it's it's nuts. And, you know, does representation matter when it comes to war crimes? I don't know. <laughs> this is sort of this is sort of the real issue. I mean, you know, it's it's like when they what's her name? They submitted that one woman to become the new head of the CIA. It's like, "Oh, great. Okay, we got a girl boss doing the torturing now. So it's all better." It's just like there is sort of this one kind of hinky issue with what you gain, but do you don't gain? Yeah, yeah. well, it's it, it's it's wrapped up in McCool talking to her about the segregation in the World War II mm-hmm. era, right? Like it's it's all wrapped up in the same stuff because it's an institution that is fundamentally like doing bad stuff globally. It has done good stuff, for the record, very important to point that out, but has also done a lot of bad and has supported bad status quo sure. in regions where we probably shouldn't have been doing anything. So it, it does beg the question of like 
can this institution ever become like a more socially equitable, just place if like the baseline that we can get is no more racial segregation and maybe let women try to do special forces occasionally? It's uh, yeah, the bar is exceptionally low and right. uh, it, it, you know, it's interesting to me. And I think the film, I think you're right that the film doesn't know how to ask all the questions. It's kind of part of its messiness because it, it, I think it knows it butts up against these questions, but I don't think it knows how to get into it. Well, I, I think the thing is, I, there's a, probably a version of this movie where it is like, clearly th- this is the thing we could do this. And we're, it's not that we're not ready. It's that, we don't have people with the fortitude to see it through. Yeah. It, it is, is really seems to be what the film wants to suggest. And then they got to making the movie. I'm like, well, we just want to watch Demi Moore, like, you know, go through boot camp and make friends. You yeah. Know? It's like win people over. We want to, you know, that's just too good. Right. And let's just, can we make more of that? And then we'll work a little bit of that in there just to remind us what we're thinking about. But it, Lost focus. Yeah, lo- yeah. It's just because that's they found the better movie. They they, they found and the then better. They got stuck, but they left the the other less. I mean, the more complicated, more. I mean, more sort of probably, interesting movie. Yeah, intellectually, you know, deep yeah. movie, and so they made part of it and part of the the fun. Debbie Moore's in the army movie. Yeah, and there's a there's a combat op at the end, and Vigo gets to be saved. Yeah, I don't know. Wrong movie. Yeah. Shouldn't be in this movie. Yeah, it truly doesn't. Neither does the. I know we've kind of talked around it but the don't ask don't tell political intrigue also probably doesn't belong in this picture yeah that's just another degree of complication for no reason i mean yeah. other than it's, it's sort of pulling her out because well, the script it, needs it, her out of ho- camp it, for two days it's horse trading and it does get her out of camp i mean yeah. again it helps us to see uh and bancroft is a bad guy mm-hmm. you know well she gets to have the reconciliation with her boring boyfriend mm-hmm. who's i like his voice he's a he's a chicago fire alum is what that guy's deal is he's on all cool. those the chicago shows yeah yeah but makes sense uh, yeah it just it needs to reconcile that relationship it's like we don't need to spend any time on this i mean if you want to reconcile these two at the end of the movie that's fine but like i don't know that we need scenes in the middle of the yeah picture. you just have a graduation day and him being there yeah like, he shows up a supporter yeah that's all you need yeah i mean showing him on the sidelines like not approving other people trying to dig up dirt on her is like enough yeah you don't need more of that uh so it's <clears throat> it's just weird from a scripting point of view um all right i guess we could talk about uh, Master Chief now. Yeah. Because, because I, the next thing that I wanted to talk about was Demi Moore telling him to suck her dick. <laughs> <laughs> because if you didn't think, we, if you thought we were going to get through this conversation without talking about that, you were wrong. <laughs> line of the movie. Uh, it's the line of the movie, but it's also like a big part of the gender stuff we're talking about. Right. right? You know, this, this idea of, do you, are you... Is the military gender neutral, or does it force you to become a quote man's man? Well, that you know? is that's the that's the '90s mm. question because yeah. the '90s approach to uh, pretty much all the equality issues was blindness is best. Mm-hmm. That if you're racially blind or uh, sexual orientation blind or gender blind, and we just don't pay attention to it at all, like it like it doesn't exist, then that's where equality happens. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's not the case, right? We 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 have to sort of understand that you know we are who we are. And we can be treated fairly and equitably, recognizing those kinds of things. Like, it, well, again, we the conversations moved forward since then, and uh, and so it seems that Vigo is interestingly playing the role of we do have to learn to see past it and to not allow it to affect us. It seems to be the way he's trying to push those recruits, mm-hmm. right? But he's also like once. To- Especially once they get to seer training, he's saying, like, 
we have to go through it to get through it. And if you don't think that this isn't a reality of you being captured by enemy forces, you're wrong. Right. It's sort of a weird note for the movie to tangle with, but I don't think it's wrong to address it necessarily. Yeah. It's hard. It's, yeah. It's, it's really thorny tough. thorny, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think it's... This is what they would do. Yeah. And y'all need to be ready. Yeah. Because if you guys, because it's it's a weird pivot. Because like he's as mean to her as anybody else. You know, mm-hmm. he's he's not he's not sparing with anyone. Uh, but he definitely is like trying to enforce her integration into the unit and the group cohesion. Right. Anytime somebody is not getting on board with the program, Master Chief is there to be like, no, she's she's here. Do you have a problem with my organizational skills? I was mm-hmm. the line that I got a right. pretty good laugh out of. Well, and he makes the one guy dig latrine holes for not yeah. pulling yeah. her up the wall, right? Yeah, pushes the guy he off. Pushes the, boat. the team in the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah because like, clearly home. they didn't get the loop close enough to her for her to pull on. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that like all of that culminates in him being like, "Oh, you thought you guys didn't accept her? Well, I'm about to show you. I'm about to really alienate everyone, mm-hmm. and you know, use the threat of sexual violence to make this entire group of trainees exceptionally uncomfortable." Uh, and that's, you know, it's a, it's a weird moment for the movie because like all of the guys that have been giving her such a hard time are of course now on her side, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's like, did we really need to go down this road for you guys to finally like stop being assholes? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think that's what the Vigo character would say. Cause he says the problem's not her. It's us. That's his like his last line. Yeah. You're you know? so right. Yeah. I wrote that yeah. line down. Is that's his guys like, hey, I know I got soft on you, it wouldn't happen again. He's like, no, 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 this will happen again. Like, if if we go down this road of like trying to really become a gender egalitarian military force, like, this is a conversation we have to have, yeah, because we won't change. And it's the we, of course, being cis men, mm-hmm. uh, which I, yeah, is which completely makes sense yeah. for this DH Lawrence quoting, you know, but we don't know that that's the thing because he yeah. quotes this weird. Bizarre poem. We don't know what it is till the end. It's right, a, yeah. Rare yeah. Lawrence line, you know, a mm-hmm. wild thing. Feeling sorry for itself. Don't feel sorry for yourself. The poem's called Self Pity, and it still sounds like you know the passage out of Ezekiel that uh, mm-hmm. Sam Jackson yeah. quotes, mm-hmm. or uh, the made up satanic verse thing that uh, what's his name quotes in the Crow. It just sounds like you know the kind of you know bad man doing a bad man thing, mm-hmm. you know, quoting prose or poetry. And yet, there is this sort of weird connection. Like, no, 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 this is a um, a, a real feminizing, you know, um, experimental, um, revolutionary kind of writer. That this is what he's doing. But the way, in, in, the way in which you change things is you break things. You know, you got to sort of like expose all the brokenness to whatever's going on. And like Lady Chatterley's Lover, uh, the more famous D. H. Lawrence book, and. It, I, I I really like that about the movie. Mm. You know, I really like that sort of use of that. And then he's like, no, 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 we're the problem. And until we see the ugly, 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 and all the ugly that goes all the way down the line, we're not going to be better. I don't, I don't agree with his approach. That's not getting me wrong. No, yeah, I don't think that, <laughs> I think that that lesson could be more of a philosophical one. I don't think yeah. that we necessarily need it. Yeah. Yeah. His, his approach is incorrect. <laughs> However, I think his motivation, I think, I think his head's in the right place. It's definitely like the moment where the movie is most engaging with its kind of its central gender tensions mm-hmm. and like really trying to like ask some some heady shit. Right. I, I, again, I don't know how successful it is, but I'm glad they tried because it's, it is interesting. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that the wraparound on that is him giving her the book and his Navy cross. Yeah. That's, that's the kind of the button that they put. That's how we go out on the movie 
is, you know, everybody's graduated from training and uh, Jordan goes to her locker and in the is the D in her locker is the DH Lawrence poetry book with the the wild thing, the self pity uh, poem you you mentioned mm-hmm. underlined and you know, the bookmark is the Navy cross of his that he got for saving somebody, which had come up earlier in the movie. Right, yeah. So it's sort of an interesting button, like he says, Hey, I know They'll probably never recognize the fact that you pulled me out, but I'm recognizing that you pulled me out. So here's here's mm-hmm. my commendation. Take it, and here's here's some insight into what my deal is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, well, it's it, an it, attempt it, at reconciliation, I guess. Yeah, it, yeah, I think so. And I and it, because he isn't there to make friends. I mean, that, that's the thing about mm-hmm. a training officer. A training officer is not there to be pals with anybody. You yeah, know? I mean that's you know, and then there's it's sort of like an understood. This is never going to be. You know, a I'm trying to teach you to not die. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and so he's it's it's the biggest gesture a man like that could make. Yeah, it seems. And uh, I, I think you know her lack of recognition is in part because of just the sort of mechanics of what they end up having her do, which is not drag him all the way and hump him across you know miles and miles of you know run the Mogadishu mile and bring him you know back to the the chopper. It's just I got to drag you far enough that the landmine won't pop yeah. you, mm-hmm. right? Which is still a big deal and it still matters. But yeah. it won't be the kind of thing that wins a Navy Cross, which is, I think, another like sign of, of what the film, when it's smart, is doing, mm. is you will have to do above and beyond what anybody else would yeah. do in order for mm-hmm. your contributions yeah. to really be recognized, yeah. for it to not look like um, showmanship, to look yeah. like casting. Right? Well, and she, um, there's a great line that they give uh, Demi uh, about, that's kind of tangentially related to this, where she says, like, oh, if, it, if a soldier saves a man, he's a hero. If he saves a woman, he's gone soft. He's gone soft, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she kind of points out this sort of weird cognitive dissonance, this dichotomy going on in the way people talk about sort of hypotheticals as it pertains to combat and women. So it's it's mm-hmm. yeah it's the the the, uh, the lines that they give her are interesting and they they sort of try to make her very apolitical. I mean, she kind of explicitly says like this isn't like a you know I'm not doing this for to be a symbol or anything, right? Which I don't know, also feels very '90s, like you mentioned that sort of like we're gonna Blindness. just not address it. Yeah, yeah, it's like I'm just I, I'm here because I would like to do this. It yeah. has nothing to do with the fact that I happen to be a woman. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna help my career, and that's that's about all that we get out of mm-hmm. like why she's pursuing this. Which I don't know. Uh, Demi gives you enough in the performance where I like I, I see interiority going on, and there's at least enough in the performance to make me wonder about what O'Neill's you know motives are. But I do kind of wish we had at least like one more sort of peek inside, you know? Right, because we're introduced to her, and she sort of knows the tactics and mechanics and also, like, run times mm-hmm. uh, for various, um, you know, a unit, uh, the kind of terrain and where they would go, and, and is sort of able to do kind of navigation strategy is kind of what she's really good at there, mm-hmm. uh, working intelligent ops. And she's a topographical analyst, analyst so that makes sense. And... And but you do kind of see like oh yeah they could run this distance in about eight minutes like like she's got that sort of just in the back of her head so she does and yeah. she's a triathlete mm-hmm. and so you do get this idea that she is kind of like you know I, I've got this kind of desk job but I'm kind of a jock yeah kind yeah. of thing going there but I, I I agree we could use just a little bit more of that kind of drive out of her you know where we wouldn't like so okay yeah you know how to run or how long it takes to run mm-hmm. over this kind of land but. You know, where does it jump from that to I want to be on these, you know, sort of special 
you know, spec ops kind of units. Yeah. You know, it's, it sort of goes hand in hand to me with the, her going off to go to the beach party with the, the woman who works at the base. Mm, uh, Oh, the nurse. Yeah. Is it was, oh, that's right. She's a doctor. Yeah. 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 To, to go, you know, the other enlisted woman that Mm -hmm. she's acquainted with. There's an interesting sort of break where like the guys are just being super annoying and she's not there to be anybody's wingman. And so she leaves and I don't know. It's, it's not, you know, it's it's it exists to set up the don't ask, don't tell political intrigue subplot. It's not really there to, you know, make us ask questions about how men and women socialize with each other or how, you know, mixed gender socializing versus, you know, uh, you know, oh, oh my God, um, non mixed. I was trying to think of a more academic way to say it, but yeah. my brain's short circuiting. Um, but homogenous. There we okay. go. Homogenous, homogenous gender. There we go. But yeah, segregated or integrated. Other way to put it. But yeah, there's there's no like the movie doesn't have anything there, and it's another missed opportunity where I'm yeah. like, ah, I kind of wish we could explore this a little bit yeah, more. Like, yeah, like service it, women. Uh, she, well, I'm talking about. She what hangs up these other women, and like, yeah, it's immediately so much breezier and easier to like be with you know this this other group of people. Whereas there's there's a tension in the bar with the guys. Yeah. You know, just makes me want a little bit more. Uh, the the bar moment also comes with uh, her going to the bathroom. This is all after the seer training where her and Vigo <laughs> have their big fight. That <laughs> yeah. line, right? It's not my business, but I say leave the bastard. Yeah, it's like wow, honey, if you only knew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because it really is like that line is Jordan having a moment to think about her naval career, right? That mm. the guy is the navy, yeah. right? And that is sort of an interesting question about like. This institution that like breaks people up, breaks people down and builds them back up. Like, is there an inherently abusive dynamics going on? Is is this what is like the net morality of this of mm-hmm. like trying to turn people into something that they're not already? And again, you know, it's you know, it's not like we have a draft anymore. Sure. People are not conscripted. This is a voluntary a volunteer military that we have in this country, but it is like positing an interesting question about like the nature of the institution right which again the movies it's it's just played as a joke but it's a moment that i like really got me thinking and i like kind of me scratching my head like what how how much were they implying with this how much did they know that they were doing with this very metaphorical line yeah i don't know that they knew much at all other than judas assume that she's got an abusive husband yeah they're just using it as a joke just a laugh one with a shiner yeah we all already automatically know what it is yeah kind of thing yeah, I don't know. It's it's a moment that made me think a lot. Yeah, just, uh, I thought was interesting because it's as Arthur said, it's you know, it's not the most uh, shining portrait of uh, armed service. And again, as Dustin's pointed out, it does a lot of stuff that if they had military um, technical advisors, they probably would not have done. Yeah probably wouldn't have been any shootings at the uh, recruits no well you wouldn't use jet wash i mean for instance oh, for that's the right group. yeah i mean, forgot about that a number of things where you just kind of go wait so what? unsafe <laughs> it's like yes crazy unsafe and doesn't make i mean any yeah. sense but nonetheless i want to talk real maybe this would be a good place to take us out um they've talked on the podcast Chopper trap house about sort of the tier one operator and spec ops mm. is sort of like the modern cowboy and american lore yeah, and I okay. think that's sort of interesting. And I, I, I think the movie has a little bit of that going on because this is, you know, a the CR, what is it, a combat reconnaissance, cross reconnaissance. Yeah, it's, it's not real. It's, but, it's not real. But there's yeah. specific reference made to the fact that it is a a joint task force mm-hmm. of, of different groups. And I thought that was interesting that it is like, oh, this is tier one operators only, the best of the best. 
Berryman in black, you right. know. Um, so it's it's just a it's something that I've I think about sometimes, especially when I'm watching this kind of movie, uh, whether it's a modern film or a film from the '90s. But it's definitely over the last 30 years become a very I know, concrete part of American popular culture, I think. Well, they're, they're the legal criminals. I mean, that's what they really yeah. sort of function as, is the people who do the things that you aren't supposed to be able to do, you know, like go into Libya and take stuff that fell on the ground in Libya, mm-hmm. which you're not really supposed to be able to do, but you kind of have to do. They're, they're, they're yeah. the good, bad You men. just invade Pakistan for a night to kill UBL. Yeah, yeah, You know, exactly. we're not really invading Pakistan. It's just we have a guy, you guys have a guy we want. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so they are, uh, again, to use your cowboy, they're the good, bad men. Yeah. Right? They're, they're going to do a bad guy thing, which is, you know, invade enemy space or not enemy space, you know, uh, national sovereignty, mm. sovereign space and uh, do a handful of murders or, you know, remove a bunch of material or steal a bunch of intel. Uh, this is these are the ones that we do that it's always for the quote unquote greater good. But that's there. That is kind of the way they function in, in, in especially in narrative fiction. Yeah. 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 It is interesting. Uh, it's just, you know, the the last you know, man's man job. It's weird. You know, it's not, we don't see a lot of valor for, um, I almost call him Ben Affleck, Matt Damon and Stillwater as a, you know, an oil rig roughneck, you know, mm-hmm. a, a similarly like dangerous and, you know, physically strenuous and um, not particularly like shiny, jo- not a job you get medals for. No. And yet like, you get scars you for that kill, job. Because you're not killing anybody, it's less cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's just interesting how, how what a premium. It's depressing, really. It is depressing. It's weird what a premium we put on the gunslinger. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. what, whatever form or fashion the gunslinger takes, we put a, a big premium on that idea. Yeah. And it's just kind of weird. And it's like, it brings me back to the question of like, is, is it really representation if it's a war crime? You know, like, do we you know yeah, what are we what are we fighting for exactly with this gender parity? Yeah, um, yeah. Should we have it? Probably. But like, what is the end goal? And like, can we make no. our military institutions be more defensive and less offensive? Is maybe the real question. Yeah, less less war would be nice. Yeah. Well, well that's a good place to end. Yeah, war's bad. War's bad. We're against it. Uh, we're very controversial in that way. <laughs> <laughs> let's move on and render a verdict. Then what? What are we going to do with GI Jane? Shelf or trash, Arthur? Uh, I'm glad I caught up with G.I. Jane, uh, and I'm very gently going to throw it into the trash can, mm-hmm. is where I am with G.I. Jane. Very good, very good. Uh, Dalton, where are you? This is surprising to me. I want to be part of rehabbing G.I. Jane. You know, I don't want to be out here telling people to not watch G.I. Jane. I want to be part of rehabilitating this movie's image, but I also don't know that I can put it on the shelf either, Arthur. I think this is a streaming movie. Um, it's on Paramount Plus right now, but uh, it feels not like... Not anymore. Oh, really? Just fell off. Wow. Oh. Means they're probably going to give the rights to somebody else, I guess? Because it's not a Paramount movie. Uh, it's something they... It's, it's on MGM now. Yeah. It, well, it's a Disney movie. Oh, yeah. yeah it's Hollywood Vista Pictures. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It's Hollywood Pictures. It's never coming on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's maybe a Hulu movie here. But, you know, find this movie. If, if you're, you know, if you're a Ridley Scott completionist, if you're curious about 90s megastars, you know, you could do worse than a Demi Ridley Scott team up. Um, so while I don't think it's an essential film, you know, you don't need to own this one probably... Uh, and anybody who told you it's bad's kind of wrong. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a bad film. It's just kind of a mess. But there's a lot of interesting ideas in here. 
And uh, at times, it's a very compelling drama. Dustin, you're, what, still sitting at two and a half stars, so what do you think? I saw it in 1997, and I saw it again this year. Um, maybe another 20 years, I'll see it again, and I will find it then. I will not own it until that point. It's fine. It's, I mean, again, it's fine, and it's interesting, and there's a lot going on with it, but I see no reason to own it. And uh, that's where it falls uh, for me. Uh, definitely in the trash. So there you go, dear listener. Those are our thoughts. They're generally con uh, regarding old G.I. Jane. But if you want to correct us, uh, you can do that by sending your messages directly to Dalton Stewart. Tell us how. That's right, Dustin. Send them directly to me. To you. <laughs> Only you. Only I. I will be the keeper of your knowledge. Uh, it's goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. If you have long-form feedback, that's goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com. If you got some lots of words you got to tell us, you can also find us on Twitter at goodtrashmedia. Uh, you can find us tweeting links to this show, other shows in our orbit, uh, reviews that we find interesting, things like that. Uh, you can also help us keep the lights on if you want to go to patreon.com forward slash GTM. There's plenty of info for you there on what you can get out of giving us a little money to help us pay our hosting fees and all that good stuff. Uh, but, you know, fun fun uh, perks for you. So that's uh, patreon.com forward slash GTM if you want to get more information about that. And uh, I think that is just about all I can think that they need to know Perfect. about communicating with us, Dustin. Thank you so much, Dalton. Arthur, are we going to do a movie next week? I think we can do one more. Okay. You'll do one more? I'll do one more. Well, in a weird bit of kismet that was completely unplanned, uh, next week we're going to hop aboard baby brother Tony Scott's train uh, when we take a look about the uh, Denzel piece, Unstoppable. Yeah, I've wanted to catch up with this one for years. I don't even know what this one is. Spoiler alert, Unstoppable is one of my... Like, it's a it's uh, a, I know an you absolute banger one. for me. Yeah, Denzel and Chris Pine stop a runaway train, so they do stop it. Yes, so it is stoppable. Is well, it? I, we're gonna it's find already, out. It's already lied to me. I, I, you I, and your I don't know who you've become, Cinema Sins, <laughs> but I don't have time for it. <laughs> frankly, all right. Well, there you go, everybody. You keep watching. <laughs> we'll keep talking, and we'll see you all next time, Cinema Sins. <laughs> I'm not. 